one of the principles, one of the actions that we take in recovery is this thing we call daily inventory. And it can feel a little bit intrusive. It can feel a little bit uh, intimidating on knowing what to do. How do I do this daily inventory? And what is the point? Why would we even waste our time with this? But it's a pretty essential part, uh, just a necessity to walking and living out this journey in recovery so that we don't go back where we came from. And so today we're going to spend some time talking about what it looks like and the value of a daily inventory. Welcome to Hope in Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics all centered around the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and the Celebrate Recovery principles where Jesus helps us to face our hurts that have us stuck the hang-ups and the lies that we may be believing about ourselves, God, and others, and even our circumstances to replace those with healthy truths so that we can face those nasty habits or coping mechanisms, numbing agents that get us stuck, or maybe focusing on the defenses or protections that take us away from our family and God so that we can repair those relationships and walk in the newness of life as he promises us. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. Hey, welcome. So glad that you joined us again today. Uh, loving the, the conversations we've had. We just turned the corner of um, 52 episodes. We've been doing this a year now, if you can believe that. It goes by so fast and excited for another year of uh, great conversations. and. I'm so excited to to have our guest today. He's one of our our trusted leaders here locally at our Celebrate Recovery and uh, does a phenomenal job as a small group leader and also helps us out with some teachings. And I just invited him in to have a kind of a continued conversation about daily inventory. Blair, welcome, man. Glad to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a grateful believer who struggles with food, lust, pornography, and anger. My name is Blair. Hey, Blair. So, Blair, you recently taught on this lesson and and really blessed us, and it was a great conversation. So I just wanted to kind of continue the conversation. Maybe there's some things that that came out uh, in the teaching or you ran out of time, or maybe there's some things we want to elaborate on. Some of our listeners weren't uh, there to hear it, so this will be new to them anyway. But why don't we kind of set the table with uh, addressing this question? Why would we do this thing we call daily? inventory why is that so important in your mind well i think first off just from the simple fact of putting it into 24-hour blocks mm-hmm. makes it smaller and manageable for me i know one of the big problems i have uh, i had first with my addictions was just how can i get over this and live a life of sobriety mm-hmm. and it would just be so overwhelming it would just consume me like but a mountain yeah but when i finally started realizing you know if i can just make it day till tomorrow make it till tomorrow make it till tomorrow <laughs> It just started adding up and started adding up. And it's just a whole lot more, uh, I guess, manageable in my mind when I have that kind of small. Yeah, small kind of building up a, a little bit of confidence that I can yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. kind of bite-sized uh, chunk. So, so man, in that process, let, let's just kind of unpack what some practicals, because even even daily inventory can feel kind of insurmountable. What what is that? What am I doing? If we can just kind of put some skin on that, what's some practical things that we would do in a daily inventory? 
Well, I think the first thing is is get it into kind of a rhythm, like you do it every day. And and for me, that was that was kind of wrapping up my day. You know mm. what what happened during the day, you know what process through the day, and just kind of starting to do get that rhythm where I did it every day. So then I could start looking back and kind of getting in that habit of looking back and evaluating my day. So for me, the first step was just, just getting into that rhythm. You know, it's kind of like going to the gym, you know, Mm. just first start first steps, just get into the gym. If you get there, then you can start working your program and stuff. So for me, it was just start writing stuff down every day, write something down and then start kind of focusing on what I was writing down. Yeah. That's so good. You know, so what what happened today and just trying to poke at what would be the value of that one is to learn from things that may have gone wrong mm-hmm. and maybe even ways that I responded in ways that ah, I wish I could have a do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so not so that I can shame that we're, we're not trying to build a list so we can say, man, look how bad you are, but it's really kind of a you kind of lean into this. It really feels like it's what can I learn from this so that I can grow from this and move forward. Talk well, about that. Well, when, when I, when I just rotate it in my head and it just stays there and it's always one sided, but when I can write it down and kind of put it, uh, there's something about writing it down that kind of separates it from me a little bit, mm-hmm. and I can analyze it from more the context of what happened than just my personal interpretation. I said in my teaching that it's really dual examination for me because when I keep it in my head, I'm, I'm trying to find the solution for myself. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when I write it down, I can kind of share it with God a little bit more, and he can kind of help me see it from a more objective point of view. Kind of helps you kind of get it clear a little bit. Yeah. 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 So, so you're kind of evaluating the, the day and how does the, so you're kind of, there's, it feels like there's twofold here. Maybe you can speak to this. You have kind of the mind and you have the heart. And, and so how does the mind and the heart in that process of reflecting play out in that daily inventory? Well, kind of like I was saying, you start with that repetition of, of just doing it every day. And, mm-hmm. and I've noticed for me, I, I, you know, to be honest, I, I can I get to the point where I do it so much that I'm like, okay, I went to the store, went to, and I kind of just start skimming over the top, and I noticed for me that that I, it's not just a journal of what happened, mm. it's it's what happened, what I was feeling through the day. So now I've started taking it more from a point of view, even though I was writing about what happened during my day, but it'd be like, okay, this is how this made me feel. This mm. is where my emotions were. So then I can take the day that happened and and really understand the cause and reaction of how I reacted better. And it's kind of been a, a change for me in an evolution, but it's, it's slowly getting better. Yeah. I like how you said that, you know, in this kind of, in the language is how, what you're describing there. It's not just what happened to me, not what came from me, but what happened in me mm-hmm. and that, that feeling of how did that impact me? And that and that's hard. I, a lot of times in my journal, I'm, I will really just write today I'm feeling and then I just sit in that. Yeah. What am I feeling? You know, this happened, this happened with my boss or this happened with a coworker. How did that make me feel? And and sometimes that's not an immediate answer, is it? I can't just, oh yeah, it makes me feel right. It, you're kind of working a muscle. <laughs> and for me, that's 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 probably to be able to tap into those emotional sides, that's where the daily has to come in. If I wait a week or two weeks after and write about a situation there's no way I can trust my memory to remember that. But yeah. When I write, when I, I mean, and there's been sometimes I've actually had to journal in the middle of the day because I'm like, okay, I don't want to lose this emotion at all because mm. I've got to process this later, so I'll write it down. So that's that's been something that's helpful to me too, is just to 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 get both sides what happened and then the emotional because then it becomes it's not just a a diary, mm. it's more of a 
of a conversation piece. I love that. I love that. So, so kind of if, if, if we are, our listeners have not heard this, one of the ways that we get to the heart and how we're feeling is we do a, a heart check. Am I hurting? Am I exhausted? Am I angry? Uh, do I resent anybody? Am I tense? And, and I kind of like, there's a couple different variances on the A sometimes, like, uh, am I feeling anxious about something? Not just angry, anxiety and anger can, can kind of coexist in that space. So trying to, but you could add all kinds of things on that hurting, right? Am, am I, am I feeling fearful about anything? Am I, am I feeling anxious about something? Am I feeling sad? Um, I know you, You've gone through a lot in your family mm-hmm. personally, right? Yep. And you're talking about daily inventory. Yep. Um, how does that, those big life events, what's the value in acknowledging that hurt for you, Blair? I think when I first learned of a heart check, it was like, okay, yeah, I'm hurting. Click and go. Hmm. And the thing that I've noticed for me is to truly do a heart check and when journaling really is effective and daily is really effective, it's when I stay in those emotions, hmm. the ones I hate. Yeah, the ones I don't want to be in, the ones I don't want to touch, I want to run from. And lately, I'm uh, dealing with some uh, death in a family and and issues with my mother in a nursing home, and it's it's emotions I can't get away from. Yeah, and they the uh, there's not anything that's going to change those. Anything yeah. I can do to change those. So I've just had to stay within those. So um, being in that situation, I'm kind of in a sad situation, and it's not going to change. And I've had right. to be able to be sad but also be joyful and i think that's doing that heart check and staying in those emotions you can understand that i'm starting to understand okay i can be really really sad that my father has passed Mm. but i can also be joyful that my mother has moved up closer to me and i can take care of her so it's like giving those both emotions space in my heart well and then that's a beautiful picture of recovery because it does recovery doesn't mean we don't experience pain anymore it's like what do we do with the pain and it you and I are similar, probably like most of the human race. When we feel, if we don't want to feel that, it feels scary, we run away from it and we go numb out on fill in the blank. Right. I mean, we think that being in recovery is not feeling that emotion. Yeah. And that's probably been the biggest thing that I've kind of understood in my recovery is being in recovery is feeling that emotion and feeling pain, but feeling joy and being able to experience those things without having to run from them. Mm-hmm. And that's what... That's that's writing them down for me does so much because it, it in my head I, I just process all the time. Yeah. So being able to put on paper I can kind of see it for what it is. It's a huge value. I love that. What a great picture and, and and hopefully bring some encouragement if you're struggling with this. Don't give up on it. You know, keep at it and keep trying. Just do the best you can. You're just trying to organize what's in your head. What am I thinking? In my heart, what am I feeling? And then my actions, what I'm at, what am I doing with that? But so you, you kind of unpack this in our local teaching, um, some, some revelations that you learned uh, kind of around the, the topic of rejection. And yeah. I wonder if you could kind of bring our listeners, some may not have been there, even if they were there, I think it, it, it is good to kind of rehash that. But what did you learn in this process as it relates to the big R rejection, man? Well, and one of the things that, part of the reason it helps me to write things down is because I'll think something, but when I write it down and analyze it, I'm like, well, that's not exactly the way it is. And that's kind of what happened with this fear of rejection. I think I was teaching a couple of months ago and I told everybody, I kind of recently discovered that I had this fear of rejection. And I was, when I was meeting with a counselor and we were talking and, 
And when he goes, boy, Blair, you really don't like to be rejected. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> and I was Who like, does, right? yeah, I was like, well, then, yeah, but, but I said, maybe I just have a fear of rejection. Hmm. And as I kind of processed that, I was okay. And I finally admitted it, started saying it with my intro. But then, I, then as I started analyzing, I noticed things that I did that I was rejected and it didn't bother me. Like, hmm running for a student council election or being a Razorback fan, these things that, you know, I'm rejected all the time. So I was like, well, maybe it's not really being rejected. So after kind of like we were talking earlier, sitting with it for yeah. several nights of journaling, I kind of came to the point that I don't really fear rejection, but I fear the rejection of being made to feel unlovable by people that I love. Mm. And man, the moment I felt that it was like, it was so raw and so tender. I just stopped writing and kind of walked away from it. But scary. by oh, just just I mean, it was just it was. Imagine it's almost like the fear of the unknown, mm. like like going into a dark room and just 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 yeah. out of control. Unfamiliar yeah. territory there, yeah, it, a little and, wobbly. And it was just I mean, almost to where my stomach was uneasy, mm. and I I was like, Whoa. so I like really I guess like I, my tendency was to run away from it for a little bit, but. I knew that I had to keep going and dig into it. So I kept writing on at every night. And as I kept writing, I was like, you know, maybe it isn't, isn't that fear of being unlovable. It's that feeling. And mm. then it turned to the emotion. So that way it made it a little bit easier to kind of start processing through that. It was an emotion and putting it a little distance for me. Mm. Wow. That's good, man. Hold that thought. Cause I want to come back to that and kind of, kind of, because I think you're speaking the language that everyone f- is feeling in that moment. It's like, ugh, this is bad. It's wobbly. Get me away from it. So I want to come back to that. We'll take a quick break here, talking with Blair about daily inventory. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Stick with us. Hey, friends, if you're looking for a safe place to explore your hurts, your hangups, your habits, and in, in, in the context of community, please come consider coming and checking out Celebrate Recovery. We meet every Friday night at Fellowship Fayetteville, Fellowship Rogers, 6 p.m. Connection Cafe meal. It's a free meal for first-time visitors, and then we move into our main meeting. Go to fellowshipcr.org if you have more questions and need some more information. We'd love to have you join us this Friday night. Fellowshipcr.org for more information. Welcome back. Talking with Blair and Blair, right before we went to the break, you were kind of just talking about that revelation, you know, rejection, that fear of uh, being unlovable, uh, which is I can just feel that in my body. And you said I could just feel it in my gut. I just wanted to run away, just leave it there. So you said I kind of kind of had to just keep writing. What, what does that look like? Just kind of take can you take us into that whole experience as you're doing that? Well, the, the part of what I've that when I discovered it, it was a feeling of being unlovable, it kind of made me realize, you know, it's like to me, the feeling, the fear of feeling unlovable was worse than not being loved. Mm. So it would, it would just, I want to, and I want to kind of realize that I was like, wait a second, I'm, I'm running away from people that love me because from that fear. So as I was processing that more with my journaling, I was, I was one night, I was, felt rejected and I went to go journal because normally when I feel rejected, I go sulk and mm. don't do anything. But I was like, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring into this. So I started writing down and God put on my heart. I was like, you know, I'm feeling lovable. And just the moment I wrote those words, I feel unlovable. God said, John three sixteen. Mm. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I just realized, I was like, wait a second, I love the world. God mm. loved me. And then he put on the verse about, um, 
where greater love than this, than no one that lays down their life. And I was like, in that moment, just overwhelmed with God saying, you know what? You may feel unlovable, Blair, but you're not. And it was like, it was like God woke me up with my own logic because I'm kind of a logical thinker. And he was like, you know what? Here's the word. This is what it says. You're not, you can't even be unlovable if you want to. So sorry. Wow. So I, you know, you read that John three sixteen, and that's so big, man. Cause that, that I can even just see in your body language that really touched your heart for God. Just want to reread that for God. So loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I love verse 17 for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. Man, there's a lot of shame in that message. I'm unlovable with. Yeah, there. he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't send his son to shame us or condemn us, but to save us, to save the world through him. And I love the word "so love." Yeah, so it's like not because of something we did. He just loved us. So he loved us. So he loved us. And just that just wow. it just so that, overcame me. So so that's huge, man. So. You're leaning in. I mean, even writing down those words had to be hard because it makes it real when we see it. <laughs> it was not a fast write. I sat there in front of the page I am for a while. Unlovable. I was like, Ooh, that's hard. Yeah, I mean, the 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 feeling comes back when I just think of that. Yeah. So so God immediately reminds you, and that's the beauty of God's word is it 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 can be a a game changer. It can be a a paradigm shift in our heart and our minds god's word came alive in blair's absolutely heart. it was not it was not written words it was it was god speaking to me through his word yeah and it was as clear as day wow and and you know i think i mean i know he did that because i was at a low low point and i needed i needed to hear complete truth and that's what i got and that's that's probably what did the change for me is because there's nothing i can't i can't run away from so loved yeah, I love that, man. So so you you enter into that daily inventory process being real, which I love because I need to come and just exactly, this is exactly how I am in this very moment. I feel this. I feel unlovable. I'm throwing it out there not to shame myself, but to be real, to ultimately get to a different place in my thinking, right? And then it shifts it feels like, and you tell me if it's not, but it kind of feels like, as you're telling me, it shifts from this message of heaviness and shame to this embracing this new truth to ultimately shifting to a place of gratitude. I mean, even as you're telling me, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm wearing it. So that heaviness in your chest that says, oh, I can't handle this. Get me away from the, I'm unlovable. How does that shift in the way that sits in your body to move to a place of gratitude for this new truth that you're taking in? Well, the the thing about realizing that that pain is so awful and so scary, that makes God that much bigger mm. because God's got to be that much bigger to make up the gap. And I think for me, recognizing how awful and ugly and terrible this made me feel it made God appear so much bigger and so much stronger. And that's, that's a good place to be, even though it's a hard place to be. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of times for me, I want, I want to run away from all those pain, but when I'm in that pain, that's where God shows up big. So that's kind of a good place to be next to God. So <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to embrace that more. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that embracing God and kind of embracing these new truths, I mean, putting into what's the value of putting into words. I mean, you just, you gave a great picture 
What a great reminder. If you're in a dark place, putting that down in print and taking that to the Father, not as my identity, but this is what I'm struggling with. What's the value in putting down in print uh, the gratitude oh. part of this, writing that out? It, if you don't do that, you can get overwhelmed writing down the stuff that, that you're struggling with. If you're not thankful for, for all the little blessings, because I said it in my teach, if I just wrote down the stuff that I struggle with, I'd fill up volumes of things I couldn't read. Yeah. But when I can see those things where God's working, because the one thing I realized in my recovery, no matter how, like the more I struggle, the more God's working. So mm. then the more I should be grateful, grateful, you know, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's like, okay, that doesn't make sense, but it's it is a different perspective it for is. some folks. Yeah. It is because, yeah. you know, I, I think I told him in my talk, I said, as long as I'm still breathing, God's still working. And that's good. Mm. If, if, if I, if I think I've got it all figured out and I don't need God, then that's when I'm going to fall into trouble. So coming from a humble heart and, and keeping that, you know, position that I need God and being grat- grateful for that, mm. I think keeps me in the place that God wants to keep me. Mm. And it also changes your perspective. I mean, you know, if I'm just looking at everything I struggle with and not looking for those things, I mean, sometimes we think it's just, okay, write those things down, but it's really kind of to change your focus. So you can not just for a minute, even for a minute to get away from that, what you're yeah. struggling to be, look for something thankful just to change your mind, you know? Yeah. I love that perspective because it, if the problem is in front of us, it's like blocking our face, but it almost forces you to kind of zoom out. Yeah. It's still there. I can't act like it's not there. It still hurts. And I'm trying to grow through the pain. And that's such a good reminder too. We don't get over some things, but we can grow through them. Right. But then as I zoom that out, it gives me a perspective of so much more. That's a part of my life. Um, yeah, just the, what what did I do well? And you talked about this during your teach that keeping it balanced. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I'm really having to do that now because we moved my mother up to the nursing home next with us, and she's lost her husband of sixty years, lost her house for fifty seven years, so a lot of changes. So it's just having to to, to continually give that grace and to mm. to reach out to her. It's making me live that moment by moment, but it's making me think, you know. You know, great. All those things are sad, but I'm grateful she's near me. I'm five minutes away. I can see her two or three times a day. It's like it keeps it balanced because yeah. if not, it can be too heavy on one side. Wow. Wow. So, man, somebody, again, it's a little bit more second. How long have you been in recovery now? Mm, a little over five years. Yeah. So five years, somebody's listening. They're brand new. It's like, well, it sounds easy to Rodney and Blair, um, but... What would you say to them if they're kind of in this space? Maybe they're early in the process, um, but what would you do to encourage them? Maybe they haven't been in recovery and they haven't been able to apply this principle, this important principle, this important step of their recovery. What, what would you say to uh, ease that anxiety, uh, to ease the fears that, that may be coming up for them? What would you say to encourage someone that uh, is on the fence on this process? It's a process. I, I didn't I didn't get good at journaling until several years into the process and I'm still working on it now. Yeah. But the thing I would tell you is just don't quit. Don't mm. give up. Just just try. Like we've said when we talk about journaling, it's like if all you can do is write your name, write your name. Yeah. If all you can do is say thank you, God, write thank you, God. Start the process. Because here's yeah. the deal. The thing about journaling is not what we write, it's that connection we have with God. And if we keep coming to that connection, He's going to help us with the words. So I think for me, it's just an encouragement of like, just get started and just try, just write down your day and start, start trying to break your day into 24 hours and then start adding up the days would be my advice, I guess. Well, and, and, and you kind of hit something that 
that kind of hit my heart when you said that, you know, when we are, if, if I said, you know, this is something you're going to have to do that, that will save your life here in a minute. it's like, when you're going to walk out that door, there's a few things I want you to do to make sure that you stay alive. You probably will get a piece of paper and a pen and say, now, hold on, hold on. Take some notes. (laughs) Let me write this down. And the reason we write things down is because we typically will write things down that are important to us, right? Even the simplest things, if I go to the grocery store, which I hate going to the grocery store, but if my wife says, hey, I want you to pick up this, 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 and this, if I don't write it down or at least type it in my phone, it's gone, right? <laughs> my wife, she knows if she doesn't send me with that list, don't, don't even yeah. count on it coming. So even the most minor things, we're going, we're going to write it down. Why? Because it's important that I remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the same thing with this, that we write down things that are important to us. And I need to be honest about where I am, what things went well today. Where did I mess up? How did I respond? And Lord, these are the things I need you to help me. I, in my journal, two days ago, I was writing... Lord, I'm procrastinating some things that I need to get done. And I don't know, Lord, help me understand. Is it fear? Am I afraid of failing? But I am I am trying to distract myself and I'll find other things to do to keep me busy, but I'm I'm avoiding this task and I need your help, Father. Help me with my procrastination. It's important for us. And we write down things that are important right. to us, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's the, the thing the journaling for me is it's another tool in my recovery. And it's another thing that, you know, it's like if I don't use all the tools at my disposal, I'm, I'm not getting the max, maximum out of my recovery. So that's for me. And, and two, one of the things I know about journaling for me is like, is I know when I get in a good rhythm of journaling, I'm thinking about what I'm going to write throughout the day. So yeah. I'm actually process it, it makes it forces me to kind of process through the day what I'm going to put in the journal later. And the, and it kind of keeps that rhythm going. And I think that's what's been the probably the most benefit for me about journaling is is helping me get more in that moment where I can mm. kind of analyze my day and kind of like, okay, this is stressing me out, do a quick heart check, but this is what I'm grateful for and kind of keeps me more in the moment. Yeah. Well, and in and the flip side of that, you know, with our quiet time, you know, if you're reading John three sixteen in your quiet time, there's probably something that will kind of come up. You know, there could be something that could lead to a daily inventory going, you know what, why am I feeling sad right now? It's like, oh, I'm believing this lie that I'm not lovable. And, and Lord, I need to embrace that. So it's kind of the application. How will this word that I'm reading from the scriptures change me that could become my daily inventory going, ooh. Right. Right. And one other thing for me, though, too, is I, I, I one of the things that probably helped me in my journaling is I kind of separated it from my quiet time. Mm. So I would journal a quiet time. And if something came up, I'd definitely write it sure. down. I think. But my journaling was different. It was more, more the emotional recount yeah. of my day and stuff. And because for me, what I, I would get kind of dreamy talk when I would, would <laughs> yeah. be in the writing the scripture. But when I do this, I kind of have to be real. And yeah. just, this is, I can't make stuff up that didn't happen, you yeah. know. It's finding your rhythm, right? And because for me, if you look at my journal on the right side page, and I just have a notebook, is my quiet time. I'm reading passages and I'm writing thoughts. What am I learning from that? How will I apply that? On the other side, I'm doing that daily inventory. Today, I feel, and this is what happened, and this is what went well, and and Lord, I need your help, and that becomes my prayer for the yeah. day. So, good stuff, man. I, I love I love your heart, and 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 thank you for. 
uh, really blessing all of us as you kind of lean into with great vulnerability on our Friday night and the in the teaching and kind of challenging us. And I know many people were blessed by that. And I hope I hope that our listeners are, are encouraged and inspired to uh, do the same. Any last thoughts from you, man? The, the other thing I would say, too, though, is, is is don't be afraid to reach out to other people that are journaling because mm-hmm. there's like you and I gave two different examples. Yeah. There's numerous ways to do it. And and, and you know, ask around and find other ways. I mean, just it the it's the process and the benefit from it, not necessarily doing it exactly the way somebody else does it. That's a great word. Great, great word. Blair, thanks so much for being here today, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope this has been uh, helpful for you as as you maybe try to work a new muscle, uh, this daily inventory. And by the way, if you're just starting out, you don't have to wait until you get to this part of the recovery process, principle seven. There's eight principles. You don't have to wait till uh, principle seven or step 11 uh, to work this. Um, you can start it right now. Just just start writing down what, what's impacting me, what am I struggling with, and, and just be real about that. Just have a conversation with the Lord and, and, and see what you learn about yourself. I hope this has blessed your heart. I hope you've been challenged. I hope you've been inspired to, to lean in and just go into those secret places with the Father who lives and breathes inside of you that wants you to dwell in his presence so that you can rest in the shadows of the almighty God, the most high. Hey, thanks for being with us today. I hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless you.